chapter three of the love of landry by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter third mr osborne had felt a sort of grieved surprise at his daughter's gaiety in the face of departure from the ties she should have held sacred but he was more terribly shocked at her utter breakdown when he saw that instead of being heartless she had really been brave for her sister's sake he felt a helpless resentment at his own stupidity that could wrong her even in thought he hastened to try to quiet the girl's sorrow and when mildred saw that her tears disturbed her father she dried her eyes and smiling like an april day exclaimed oh what a baby i am but it was hard wasn't it papa leaving helen and everything i love it was hard and you are a brave little girl that's what you are and i'm an old fool not to have seen it you mustn't call yourself a fool papa it isn't at all respectful and then there isn't a shade of reason for it oh yes there is do you know he began but she put her hand over his mouth yes i know you thought i was heartless and unfeeling because i didn't seem to care about leaving and that's just what i wanted you to think then i wanted them all to think it so i'm not so bad at acting you see her cheeriness warmed her father's heart and restored his self-respect he laughed and chatted with his daughter in his old accustomed way and she responded in such a merry mood that he did not note the tremor in her voice nor see the cloud that now and then rested on her brow do you know he was saying i'm glad i had the chance to come with you mildred i feel already like a new man i suppose i should have stayed on there just working with my little summer jaunts for intermission until i should have dropped in harness it's strange to me how little enjoyment the rich really get out of their wealth talk about the slavery of the poor it's the rich who are really to be pitied those people with enjoyment in their grasp and yet with golden scales upon their eyes they keep them from seeing and grasping their opportunities i wish helen could be here just then the porter came in to see if anything was needed at least that was ostensibly what he came for in reality he came because he needed or thought he needed something after he had been dismissed mildred asked but papa don't you think that even the life the wealthy drudge leads is better than the existence dragged out by that poor colored man who just came in here trying to smile a little fee out of our pockets poor colored man why mildred that man gets more out of life than i do he has a greater capacity for enjoyment with the paradox that less satisfies it you think it humiliates him to take a trip not in the least that's his business he courteously fleeces us and then laughs about it no doubt ha ha you're becoming quite a cynic i'm ashamed of you well i guess an old codger who has dropped business and gone racing across the continent with the prettiest little malingerer in the world can afford to be a bit cynical even contemptuous in his attitude towards the rest of the world mildred cuddled up close to her father and so they rattled on 
the train bounded over the rails like a thing of life it sped over bridges that spanned great rivers through cities towns and hamlets pausing only at long intervals to take breath as if weary of its terrific race then it stops for a little while at a great city on an inland sea it is night when they reach there and the shimmer of the water and the lights of the streets make mildred sad for a space for her mind goes back to the bay and the rivers at home and she thinks of helen alone there with just the servants and aunt ansley then the porter comes again and she goes to bed to bathe the pillow with tears of homesickness and yearning while her father goes into the smoking-room to brood over his cigar what a pity it is that women cannot smoke they would weep less the puffs that john osborne took on his cigar that night were the full equivalent of mildred's tears with all the faith one may have in one's self with all the strong hopefulness of youth it is yet a terrible thing to be forced away from home from all one loves to an unknown uncared-for country there to fight hand to hand with death and uncertain fight there is none of the rush and clamour of battle that keeps up the soldier's courage there is no clang of the instruments of war the panting warrior hears no loud huzzas and yet the deadly combat goes on in the still night when all the world's asleep in the grey day in the pale morning it goes on and no one knows it save himself and death then if he go down he knows no hero's honours if he win he has no special praise and yet it is a terrible lone still fight in the morning both mildred and her father were in their accustomed good spirits their minds had adjusted themselves to the changed situation and nature as if rewarding them for their good behaviour smiled upon them it was a glorious day great masses of white clouds were piled high in the heavens like fairy mountains and between them stretched long rifts of blue like intervening streams they were passing through a green rolling land touched not yet with the yellow hand of decay although it was september much of the land was in pasture and mildred laughed as she watched the horses gallop wildly away from the fences as the train flew by or the placid cows regarding the express with undisturbed equanimity so the day passed and they went through another great city on a lake and then on again the country becoming flatter and browner as they proceeded the rolling green land was succeeded by perfect seas of yellow corn corn here there and everywhere it seemed that all the world had been drowned beneath its moving billows look to either side she would the girl saw nothing but the one grain stretching for miles along the track and on over to the horizon what what do they do with so much corn papa she asked they bring down prices with so much corn he answered grimly yes but what else do they do with it surely it has some other use besides that it has they eat it they feed it to their stock they mill it and they corner it i've heard of corners in wheat but my dear there can be a corner in anything that one man has and another man wants a corner is just the repetition of the act of the dog in the manger in the fable with the exception that the ox is left the alternative of paying a high price to the dog or going without well even an option is a good thing and the old man chuckled thoughtfully papa were you ever in a corner which side the cornerer or the cornered the cornerer mr osborne smiled again and patted the girl's head 
well now if this were the inquisition and i had to answer that question or go to the rack i should be in a very unpleasant situation and still laughing he rose and made his way to that refuge of the wayfaring man the smoking-room i wonder if papa ever cornered anybody mused mildred but finding no answer to the question in the fields that had made it possible she turned her mind to other things it did not take long for the other things to drive all thoughts of corn and corners out of her head for those other things proved to be prairie dogs sitting demurely by their houses with their hands up like devout little boys in prayer a sudden peal at the bell so decided so hurried that it brought the porter hastening to mildred as if she were on fire and he had to hurry to put her out evinced her interest what is it miss asked this startled servant tell my father to come here quickly can i help you he was sure something was the matter no no just hurry that's all if that porter had been a blackbird instead of a black man he would have flown so great was his excitement as it was he came as near accomplishing that impossible feat as nature a narrow aisle and a rolling car would allow him he had to go the length of another car before he found mr osborne but he seemed to achieve the distance in an incredibly short time then he came guiding back the old gentleman who was white to the lips mildred stood up as he approached what is it he asked in an anxious tone didn't you see them and just then they passed another dog down and she cried there they are there they are oh papa look at them mr osborne saw what the excitement was about and collapsed limply into his seat mildred mildred he said is this what you have called me for where oh where is your reserve the fruit of a hundred drawing-rooms what would your aunt anna say and he bent into a very undignified curve i don't care mildred pouted they are just as cute as they can be why you nearly startled that porter out of his wits he didn't say it but he looked as if he thought you might be in a fit and indeed the colored man was still staring at them with wide white eyes and when he saw them burst anew into laughter he left the door and went back to his place in disgust no doubt with the thought in his mind that here was another instance of white people trampling on and making a fool of the black man i didn't mean to frighten him said mildred but it was such a new sight to me i'll give him an extra tip before we leave you should make him pay you for turning him so near white even for such a short space of time i don't know anything i've enjoyed half so much as those dear little dogs they are such plump roly-poly little things do you know papa they remind me of little chinese babies have mercy on the dogs mildred do i love them that proves you a tenderfoot i don't believe they are held in such reverence by the people of the west especially those whose business takes them riding over the prairie they were nearing denver and it was afternoon there's our first glimpse of pike's peak said osborne where oh yes but look papa here's another dogtown it was dusk when they rolled into denver where they were to stop for a day this is denver denver and i am west she said breathlessly you are west yes you are west little girl as they alighted at the hotel door she looked round her once more at the busy streets the hurrying people and murmured as if in a dream denver yes denver the city where so many hopes were blighted where so many dreams came true where so many fortunes went up and so many lives went down 
denver over which nature broods with mystic calm and through which humanity struggles with hot strenuous life End of chapter three